Global warming, climate change, whatever it's called these days, is man heating the planet up? Is the planet just doing what the planet always does? Climate change, science, a sneaky agenda, or our world's last hope? All right, so right now to talk about this with us, we're joined by environmental consultant and former president and co-founder of Greenpeace. That's pres- former president of Greenpeace Canada. He's uh, also international director for 15 years. Dr. Patrick Moore, he's also the author of Concessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. You can get that book on Amazon, both on ebook and print. And he's also, uh, you can also see his website at ecosense.me. Doctor, um, Dr. Moore, it is so, it's such a pleasure to have you on with us today. Oh, it's great to be with you, couple idiots. That's what I hear anyway. <laughs> You're going to fit right in. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your background. So you were with Greenpeace, and some would say you were on the dark side, and others would say you were at once one of the uh, angels of the world and decided to be a turncoat. What? Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what happened there? No, I'm still regularly analgetic. I mean, angeletic, or whatever angels are. Okay. Um, but uh, I grew up on the northwest coast of Vancouver Island in the rainforest, and so I was in nature as a child. And I, dis- I, I discovered a love of nature. I, went, I ended up being sent to boarding school. I excelled in science and the life sciences. I learned about ecology when I was at university. I did a PhD in ecology, which was one of the first ones uh, around. That was back in the 60s, and uh, which does date me somewhat. And then I, I, I came straight out of graduate school into a 15-year career with Greenpeace, which I helped found back in the early 70s. And we sailed against nuclear testing and the slaughter of whales and the dumping of toxic waste in the sea and baby seals and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was a wonderful trip. And my book, Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout, goes through those 15 years of all the adventures we had uh, saving the world. And then I left Greenpeace uh, after thinking about it a long time because they were drifting into fake environmentalism and sensationalism and extremism and misinformation to tell you the truth mm-hmm. so that's not that was not my line and i wanted to get out and uh and, and actually you know promote real ideas about the environment because it, it's it's been important to me all my life and the story of why i left greenpeace would take too long but uh there i did and that's why they think i'm a turncoat but i'm not a turncoat mm-hmm. i am a lover of nature and the environment but also, I like human beings. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left Greenpeace, they had kind of decided that humans were the enemies of the environment, the mm-hmm. enemies of nature, mm-hmm. and that ain't my shtick. Yeah. I, I'm happy with the humans. Yeah, Greenpeace has a statement up on their website, and it's not too glowing of you. They they say that you often misrepresent himself in the media, and uh, they, that you call yourself, and they put in quotation marks, an expert, and they pretty much have disowned you as one of their own. Um, so you have since moved on and you're, you've got this, you've got this belief, you know, you have a new belief system, I suppose. What you, where you kind of ex- oh, gave me an overview of like what happened there. Is there any in particular moment where you said, you know, that I'm, I'm on the wrong track here? Well, I still agree with all the stuff we did for those 15 years, save the whale, stop toxic mm-hmm. waste dumping, uh, and nuclear war, etc. Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they started adopting positions that I couldn't accept. And the first one, and the one that caused me to leave, 
was, and actually they say I'm not an expert. I was the only one with a formal education in science in the whole directorate of Greenpeace. All the other international directors were basically uh, activists, uh, social activists, political activists, one kind of activist or another. They didn't have any formal science education, whereas I did. And when it came to chemicals, you know, you don't need a PhD in marine biology to want to save the whales or even a PhD in nuclear physics to want to stop nuclear war. But if you want to get involved in the whole issue of chemicals and which ones are safe and which ones are not under what conditions and what uses and what doses in what places, you got to know some chemistry. Mm-hmm. And these guys didn't know any chemistry. They just knew that chlorine was part of dioxin and chlorine was part of DDT and chlorine was part of PCBs. Those are chlorinated hydrocarbons. And they said, oh, there's the common denominator. Let's ban chlorine mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah. And I had to, you know, I tried to remind them, like, adding chlorine to drinking water is the biggest advance in the history of public health. Mm-hmm. And a majority of our synthetic pharmaceuticals, i.e. medicines to cure from diseases of different kinds, are made with chlorine chemistry. Just look at your flu or cold medicines even, and you'll see a little CL at the end of a bunch of things. Okay. And so they refused to accept that, that they should have a slightly more nuanced approach to the most important <clears throat> chemical or element for public health and medicine, which is chlorine. And after a considerable uh, amount of time trying to convince them that that was not such a good idea, they adopted that position anyway, and I had to leave. Mm-hmm. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, yeah. now they've, they're all wound up in the whole climate change extremism that the world is going to come to an end and mm-hmm. all of that and they're, they, they, every chemical is bad and fossil fuels are bad mm-hmm. and you know they, they basically would as they said in Vietnam they had an expression we had to destroy the village to save it mm-hmm. and Greenpeace's position now is basically we have to destroy civilization to mm-hmm. save it yeah. and I don't think that's a very good approach yeah. yeah let's talk about the climate change movement I kind of see it as you do but again I am not I'm not an expert on anything so I can only listen to someone like you who seems like you know what you're talking about and I and I have a feeling you do but others will have different different views and of course one of the biggest things that you hear all the time is that 90% of science agrees that man is causing global warming and they, and I think along what you said, they see the temperatures rising, and so they automatically think that somehow, some way, um, it you know, they put all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, and then they they have to cut carbon emissions and and this and that. How do you think that all started? It all started because someone said that the world is going to come to an end from carbon dioxide emissions and made the argument that CO2 is the reason why the Earth has warmed slightly in the last 300 years. It's only one degree Celsius since 1850. Mm -hmm. Like, that is not exactly lighting on fire. Mm -hmm. It's one degree Celsius. This is not abnormal in the history of the Earth. It's happened much faster than that at other periods in our history. And there's, there's no way that they should be making a big fuss about it, but they do. And the, the, the truth is that there's no actual hard evidence that CO2 has anything to do with this warming. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I, I challenge people, for example, to tell me anything about either the climate or the weather that is anywhere near out of ordinary with the last 10,000 years of Earth's history, which is a, like a teeny little bit of it. But it is just, you know, the most recent 10,000 years, this, this in, interval we're in now, which is called a, 
a, a gla glacial in interval. We're in a warmer period now than we were when we were in the glaciation. And thankfully, an interglacial period. But there's nothing unusual happening now. Not one thing. And yet they make it out as if there's this Holocaust going on. And when I challenge them to name one thing about weather or climate, anything about hurricanes or about clouds or storms or sunshine, or you name it, they cannot name a single thing that is out of the ordinary with the past 10,000 years. In fact, we are in a long-term cooling position now, which started about 5,000 years ago. It even has a name. It's called a neoglacial period of the Holocene interglacial period which is 10,000 years long, but the first 5,000 years was warmer than it is now. The Sahara was green then, and there were goat herders all across it. But when the neoglacial set in rather abruptly 5,000 years ago, they all had to move into the Nile Valley because the Sahara, as you may know, turned into a desert. But this is, escapes the people who are only concerned with the last 50 years or even with the last 20 years of the 3 billion year history of life on Earth. And it's just enough to make you, uh, you know, upchuck. Uh, it's it's mm -hmm. so ridiculous. Well, but we've, we've they, had... they do they do manage to have most of the media on planet Earth, or at least in the mm -hmm. Western world, completely uh, up. You know, all going crazy about this because it makes for good sensation. Well, we've had we've had two five hundred year floods in the last ten years, though. I was told. Really? Where were those? I don't know. I had a good friend tell me that once. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's my co-host, Bob. He was, we were kind of going back and forth. And, you know, we, as, as common people, I guess you could say like us, we don't have the degree you have. We don't have the experience you have. We rely on just what we read or hear. And that is 99% of society. I mean, we're all, we're all begging for just truth. We're just, we just need something to follow. And so I think people, I think the climate change folks or the, you know, for lack of a better word, it's not climate change, it's the climate change caused by human action, activity folks, you know, that's what we have to depend on. And so I appreciate your stance and your efforts, but what's going to stop it? I don't know. Hopefully it will get colder. I don't really want that to happen because it would be better if <laughs> yeah. it got warmer. Uh, but mm. the, the thing about the 97%, which is, is, is completely ridiculous, of course there's not 97% of all the scientists in the world agree with this, but 97% of the ones who do agree with it, you can be sure of that, it's probably 100% of the ones who agree with it that agree with it. Mm -hmm. So you, you've, you, they just play with numbers, but the, the, the most important point is consensus is not a scientific word, it's a political word. It's when people vote, uh, mm. You get a consensus. Yeah. Uh, people don't vote in science. Right. Science, you can, you know, the way to prove this is just to go back and look at the most important discoveries in science, whether it's Darwin and evolution, or Mendel and genetics, or Einstein, and E equals M C squared. These were not accepted at the beginning, and they were just one person, not 97% of the people. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were, and, and Copernicus, go back to Galileo saying that the Earth was not the center of the universe, Galileo was sentenced to house arrest even though he recanted, even though he admitted he was wrong to the Catholic priests. They put him in house arrest for the rest of his life. Otherwise, they would have killed him. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have been murdered for believing in that. And he was one person. So almost all important discoveries in science are discovered by one person, or sometimes two or three coincidentally come across the same thing 
at a similar time and have to share the, uh, the, the glory. But basically, when Darwin came out with a the theory of evolution, there was like 50 years of opposition to it. There's even still these anti-evolution people who yeah. think the Earth was created in seven days and it's only 6,000 years old or whatever. I'm, I'm one of them, I, so, I hate to say. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I, I'm, you know, I'm an I'm idiot. With that. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very careful not, not to No, you're, you know, you're fine. You're because fine. <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be against human rights to disparage idiots. Thank you. Yes, right. I mean, you have your, you, you have your idiot rights, too. Right, right, right. So... Um, Bob, do you have any questions being that you're on the fence over there? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who looks at this and I hate not being knowledgeable about a, about a topic. I don't like talking about it necessarily mm -hmm. if I'm not. Uh, you know, you hear the consensus that's out there, as you say, consensus, that political term. But it it I have no idea whether it's being caused by man or not. That's kind of where I stand on it. I feel like, yes, global warming or whatever they want to call it, climate change is happening. But I don't claim to... <laughs> no why at all but express by expressing it's that not, it's not being caused by humans i can tell you that with 97 percent. i can tell you that <laughs> now uh, to you know, i'm just kidding about the 97 percent. but yeah. i can tell you from my in-depth knowledge of mm. this studying it over 30 years this is a hoax uh it is a hoax why would it why would it be a trillions hoax? of dollars in money yeah I, uh, go ahead all, you see these days, most of the scientists are being supported by government money, taxpayer money. In other words, politicians are deciding what to put money into in science instead of private corporations. It used to be 3M and General Motors and DuPont and whoever were making, doing most of the science because they're looking for a better mousetrap. They're looking for a better glue or a better alloy or a better device or whatever that people will want. Mm -hmm. uh, so... But these scientists who are being supported by politicians, basically the politicians are giving this money in order to get a product. The product is fear of the future. And the reason politicians want to bolster fear of the future is so they can promise their citizens that they will save their, them and their grandchildren from these awful mm -hmm. things that are going to happen because of what they are doing. So they want to make a, a, a parents, parents driving down the highway in their SUV to first feel afraid that they are killing their grandchildren with the exhaust from their car. And second, uh, they, they, they feel guilty. It makes them feel guilty that they're afraid of what they're doing. Mm. So fear and guilt, put those two together and you get people's wallets open real fast. Yeah. Well, we and that, that, cause there's, there are, there's, there's more than just two idiots. You guys aren't <laughs> the only ones. I mean, you just, you have to recognize that yeah. there are quite a few idiots out there who don't stop to think, who don't have the background. I'm mm. not, I'm, I mean, I'm joking in yeah. the sense that they're just not informed enough to right. be able to make an intelligent decision about who's telling the truth. Right. And the whole media is, and all the political establishment on the left in particular, and even some on the right, like Schultz and his cohorts that are supposed to be conservatives and supposed to be uh, uh, not buying into a bunch of crap, uh, they're all being high and mighty sort of Davos style, you know, international big wigs thinking they know everything. And they're even going for it because in the final analysis, the, the goal of this is a massive carbon tax on everybody. And in the same way that the whole climate change issue basically gives the people in charge centralized control over our entire energy infrastructure because that's what it's all about. 85% of the world's energy is from fossil fuels. 
And so if you believe that CO2 is a a life-threatening problem for the Earth rather than the life-giving fact that it is, it's the basis of all life on Earth, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where the carbon comes from in all carbon-based life, and we are all carbon-based life. And it all came from CO2, either in the air or the water. And and that's just a, a minor point, apparently. Well, but I, uh, they they all want they they all want this apocalypse catastrophe theory, and the media just latches onto it and loves it because it's way better than know that everything is fine and the earth is getting greener, which is what's actually happening. And it would be better if it got a little bit warmer because the earth is in one of the coldest periods in the history of life hmm. right now. This is a this is the ice age called the Pleistocene that we are in now, and we've only been in it for two and a half million years. The previous ice age, which was actually 300 million years ago, it's never been this cold since then, lasted for 100 million years. Just go on a bloody internet and look it up, somebody. You know, it's there. And even an idiot could look it up. <laughs> well, the, the depth of knowledge that you have to have to even make a, a, an argument that makes any sense, I think, keeps most of us and many in the media from even going there. And it's just so easy yeah. to latch on to what NASA says or what another study says because you don't have to then educate yourself because it is very deep and probably hard to get a grasp yeah. on initially. And Dr. Moore, we're going to wrap this up in Let about 60 seconds. So go ahead with a final thought. Final thought on NASA is, remember how they said life was on Mars? Maybe, maybe life was on Mars. They said it over and over and over again after it was long ago proven that there is no life on Mars. Mm. That was to get the money out of the government to go to Mars again. Mm. Now they say this climate change thing is real because they get over a billion dollars in climate change-related money from the government. And yeah. that's, that's, that, that's the deal. Okay, well, it seems like it's also taken a life on its own because I think there are a lot of people, professionals out there that believe in climate change, that do study it, that have a passion for it, but for one reason or another, they don't seem to be willing to see the other side or the other arguments, and, you know, I I think that's unfortunate. Their livelihoods depend on it being a crisis. Yeah. I don't think they wake Otherwise, up. Otherwise, no, why would you pay people to study something that was not yeah. bad? Yeah, and I don't think know? they wake up in the morning figuring out ways to to fool the masses. I think they just, you know, they've gotten into, you know, their life livelihood and their routine, and that's just the way that they've learned, and they just continue to perpetuate what may be a lie. I think it is, but, uh, you know, apparently it's still still something that's being taught everywhere, and I guess it's now considered the truth, and it's fact now, and I find that really mind-boggling. It will eventually be recognized as one of the lowest points in the history of science. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough, honestly, to take time out of your day. And uh, we are going to be looking out for some warmer weather here because we got zero degrees outside. But thankfully, it's going to be 50 degrees on Monday, which is definitely proof that uh, global warming is happening. <laughs> Nice. It's Stan Stan Rogers, the great late Canadian folk singer who wrote the song "I'm an Idiot, I Suppose." I'm not sure if that is the title, but it's if you. I'm sure if you googled Stan Rogers, "I'm an Idiot, I Suppose," it's got a. It's probably got a nice refrain to lead into your into your blog. Could this be it here? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you just added to our podcast, so we're going to be probably Great. using that. Thank you very much. And you're well, going to and, and, uh-huh. and listen to uh, Stan Rogers' Northwest Passage CD. 
It's got some beautiful songs on it. He was one of the best poets. He's sort of like a, um, oh, not a Bob Dylan of, of Canada, but mm. uh, you'll see what, what I mean when you hear his lyrics. Perfect. I love it. All right, well, I hope your doctor appointment today is nothing serious, sir. No, no, it isn't. And, and uh, even an idiot could understand Stan Rogers' lyrics. <laughs> well, that, like I said, it'll be perfect for us. All right, well, we want to thank All you right. for joining us, doctor, and uh, we will maybe talk to you in the future. I if, hope so. Thanks. If the Thank world you. doesn't burn up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, my friend. You too. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye. But you'll be free and just like me, an idiot I suppose.